Welcome to this week's edition of Tuesdays with Torah with Rabbi Mayor Bodner. Every week we'll explore some Torah values that will help us grow, understand, and be more successful in our lives and relationships. We try to hone in on subjects and ideas that are not readily known or available and explore and enlighten them through our Torah scholars of past and present to get a better understanding of what the Torah wants from us and how we can greatly enhance our lives, goals, and relationships with others and Hashem. We welcome your comments and suggestions and we'll try to incorporate them in our show. Here's Rabbi Bodner. Hope you enjoy. Shalom Aleichem, welcome everybody to Tuesdays with Teira on a Tishabov edition. So uh, tonight's shir is is sponsored by Yossi Amacheva Sternbach. The schus of getting closer to Hashem, and that's uh, what an apropos time to get close to Hashem. When Hashem comes down and He sits with us in Tishabov, sits with us in mourning, it's really, this is the amazing opportunity to get um, close. Uh, I told this story last year, but it's a true story. I know somebody, an acquaintance of mine that wasn't me, wasn't me, that had a, um, he, was, he was going out with this girl, and he, um, true story, no, it wasn't you, because he, he was going out with this girl, and somehow she couldn't, um, she couldn't commit. And they stopped, I think they stopped going out and and she lost a relative, father and mother, one of, one of those two, a brother, sister, one of those. And he came, he showed up, and he connected with her, and that clinched the deal. And it wasn't just because he showed, but he, he, she said, it's not because he was nice and he, he did a lot of nice things for him. She bought a coffee, he bought her coffee, he, he, he wooed her, right? He did all that stuff. It's that because he came when she was in mourning, and, she, and he connected with her. And the connection that you have when you're in mourning and somebody else asks you about and, and talks to you and commiserates with you is a very, very powerful thing. It's true. Try, try it. Anybody, uh, I mean, you should, we shouldn't have anyone in mourning, but it's, it's an opportunity in anyone to really connect to somebody. And uh, that's what we have uh, the opportunity coming up is, is now, while, while it's the nine days. Okay, so amazing things I'd like to share with you, really. It's a lot of stuff to say, so I'm going to save some for, for, uh, for, for Tisha B'Av. Um, but really, some very, very important things that I'd like to share with you. So, you know, you know uh, Reb Shimshin Pincus says that, I mean, beforehand, now, let, me, let me tell you something. Right? We always have so many Shiurim and so many people. You mind closing the door? It's loud. Thank you. Simcha. Uh, Simcha is here during the nine days because there's always supposed to be Simcha. Simcha, but Simcha, there always has to be. So we always have people ask, right? Don't you have people say, you know, we're, we're mourning. The saddest thing is we're mourning because we don't even know what we're mourning. So I always hear that, and it's true. We don't know what we're mourning. So tell me what we're mourning. So Abshimshin Pincus in his, in his Sefer on, 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 on mourning, he tells us and he describes it so amazingly, so my Rebbe. So amazingly, so beautiful. I never met him, but he's my Rebbe. He describes what we're... To, to an amazing thing. First of all, he says is that in Tehillim it says, uh, it says a song. A song of Asaf. 
And it's a churban. So the base, the Medrash asks on, the, on this Pasuk and Tillim, what do you mean a song? So the Medrash says, it's because Hashem destroyed the sticks and stones and He didn't destroy the people. But, so we have to mourn about it. But what was so special about it? So he brings a marshal of a king who was his wayward son. His son went off the derech. And all these mishalom about a king and a son going off the derech. So he, um, the rubles, he, the he comes... What? The rubles, the rubles. Yeah. And he comes to uh, his, wherever his son was. And his son had built, he had built once his son a beautiful base chuppah. Like a beautiful one. He could get married, he's going to have a beautiful thing. A gazebo, it was gorgeous with flowers. And he comes to this place, this garden. This is special. It was the prince's, it was the prince's garden. And he comes and he destroys it. So the teacher of the son starts to pick up a flute and he starts to play the flute. And the king says, what are you doing? I just destroyed his, uh, his gazebo, his uh, whole uh, his base simcha. He says, you're right, I'm singing because you destroyed this. You didn't destroy your son. You spared the boy. You spared the prince. So, and he deserves, he deserves it, but you spared him and you did it on the, you took your anger on the thing. That's, that's happiness. And that's why we have also... The Gemara says we have happiness, sort of. But we're supposed to sit on the floor, we're supposed to mourn. What are we mourning? So listen to what Rabbi Shimshon Pincus describes. He says, can you imagine in America, he doesn't say this, but can you imagine in America, if I would tell you that, you know, there's, um, there's uh, a country, uh, Kuwait, well now they're very rich, but, uh, you know, some Afghanistan is coming, they want to attack America. Would you be up late night, you know, quivering? No, because America is a superpower. We're going we're to squash them in, in, in one second. Well, I have news for you. That's exactly how we were in Yerushalayim. Do you know that we were a super? I never knew this all the years. We know that we, are a, we were a superpower. And that's why it says in Eicha, in Eicha it says that, um, that uh, we say, it's in, uh, in Dalit, we say all the kings of the world couldn't believe that an enemy can enter the gates of Yerushalayim. They couldn't believe it. They could because we were a superpower. And he explains what does it mean that we were a superpower. So listen to this. This sounds like a movie. It's not a sci-fi movie. We could make a movie out of this because uh, it's, it's sometimes truth is, is more amazing than fiction. But um, uh, this is what he, he describes. He says that you know the average person was able to conjure up a certain name of Hashem, the ordinary person, and he could conjure up the name of Hashem that connotates, that connects with the Tsar of fire. And if you say, he was able to say that name correctly, and if an enemy was coming with them, he would be able to say the name, and the Tsar of fire would come down and poosh, poosh, destroy the whole thing. Can you imagine that sight? The guy, one guy, his, a whole army is coming, and he just says the right name, and, and, and the sour fire comes down and destroys it. That's what we were. Can you imagine living like that? I, I, that was, this is exciting to me, I don't know. I would love to be able to do that. Um, but not, you know, and, and imagine how more exciting it would be for the pyromaniacs. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's where Harry, probably that's where Harry Potter gets this. They, they, they learned this, this measure. This is how we were in Yerushalayim. This is just one, one example. One example. We were, we were living 
In, we were living on Nisim. The Nisim were happening in the base of Migdash and in Yishalayim, although less in Yishalayim, but more in the base. In, in, and this was a natural, because this, was, this is how we were living. So we were a superpower. Nobody could, could destroy us. We're, we're, we're living, we're, we're Americans and the Russians and, and uh, Iran with the nukes uh, all put together. You know? So it was, it was such an amazing time. So that was one thing. And, and we were on top of the world. The world worshipped us. And this is what, what's going to happen, by the way. Can you imagine? This is what's going to happen in Mashiach. Instead of the world coming and, and anti-Semitism getting worse and worse, we're going to have, the world is going to be such a beautiful place. And all the Goyim, come, there's room over here. Hayim, right here. Uh, yeah, this is, yeah. Um, there is uh, that's the amazing thing that we're gonna have. We're gonna have this this uh, this this world of of beauty and of people worshiping us. They're gonna say, "Chaim, you give me life. How can I? What can I do for you?" And that's exactly what it was like, and that's what it's going to be, and that's what we're mourning. We want we want to have that life. We want to have that thing. But it's not just that. You know, we tell you, "Yo, yeah, Mashiach comes." No, no, no. This is what happened. This is how it was. This is how it was. So it's amazing. Now, another thing he says is that, you know um, how sometimes when you can read a book, you're so engrossed in it that you can't put it down, right? Um, so, yeah, right? So I uh, haven't read a novel, but I've read novels, and, that, and I, I understand what it is. The last time it happened to me, so he says those times... Okay, the same exact feeling that we were, you can't put it down, was the feeling in learning. You opened up a Gemara, you opened up a Medrash. I mean, I wish I would have, I honestly, you know, it's, I love to learn and it's great, but is it a novel I can't put down? The last time it happened to me actually was when my daughter Nahama just, uh, she wrote a, a book on, uh, um, about my mother-in-law. It's called The uh, the Redhead from Auschwitz. It was just, Baruch Hashem, it was just... Uh, she just got a publishing deal. So when she gave me the manuscript, no, seriously, it's not, I'm not saying that because it's my daughter. It's my. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be. Yeah, not yet. It's. Um, and when she gave me the manuscript, I was up all night. I was like a kid. I was like so fascinating. But when do we have that? In those times, the Gemara, the Rashi, the Chumash was so exciting to the people. That they, they had to, they had to. No, no, no. We have to. We need some sleep. So they had to shut it. You know, have the elf of You know, like turning off that uh, late. You know, the, the the game or the movie or whatever. That's that's how there was. So this is. So <laughs> this is what we're mourning. This is something real. We finally got a little taste, a little understanding of of what we should be thinking about. This is the kind of world that we want. And the miracles continued, by the way. Do you know that when we, we left, and so he says, that's why we say in Eicha, Eicha, how did, Eicha, it's a funny way to, to lament. It starts off, Eicha, Yashva, right? How, what does it mean, Eicha, how? He says the Pshat is how, is because it was a superpower. How did it happen? We're the country on top of the world. And we, we were for 450 years, 30 years. And all of a sudden, we, how did it happen? Eicha, how, how did it come about? That's why, and it says, in, in, um, we have a kinah that we're going to say uh, Sunday. 
It's going to say the kina is going to be. Um, uh, we say b'tzeisi mi mitzrayim, and what's it? What's the lush? B'tzeisi mi yerushalayim, right? We we uh, we juxtapose the the b'tzeisi mitzrayim mi yerushalayim because just like we had nisim, we had so many nisim when we went out of mitzrayim, so too we had so many nisim when we went out of unfortunately yerushalayim. What happened was the Medrash says that Moshe Rabbeinu came with us. And he tried to stop. He walked in front. And Moshe Rabbeinu was, was dead many, many years. But he came alive, and he walked with, uh, with the Yirmiyahu. He walked with us out toward... And he walked all the way to Bavel. Imagine what we're going to... Can you imagine the feeling? We're going to Iraq, Tehran, but we have Moshe Rabbeinu. So, how be, he's with us. And by... Um, by uh, uh, when we got to the... To, to, to the um, when we got to the river, right, the um, Nari's Bavel, we stopped and he says, okay, there's nothing, I tried, I tried, I tried, I tried, there's nothing I can do, it's Xera, I'm sorry, uh, I, I gotta go, I gotta go back, I tried, but cry, cry here so at least you'll get back. They sat down and they cried, that's when they cried by Haunas, but Devuchad Netzer did it on purpose. He knew of the Nisim, and he knew that he never didn't let them stop until they got to the outside of Eretz Yisrael. He knew that if they would have cried, the whole decree would have been annulled. So he had to make them keep walking. They couldn't let them cry. That that's the Nisim that happened. This is this is the amazing thing. So that, this is what we're mourned for. So it's 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 something that we have to remember. And and even though it might be hard because it's so such a long time ago. So Rav Gifter says that. Um, sometimes, if we connect to a tzara that's closer, we can then then connect to the churban bias. And how do we do that? By connecting to the Holocaust that was right here, right? That's uh, right, especially especially with uh, you know you guys are invited every time. Anytime I, my mother-in-law is here, she'll tell you as many stories as you want. She'll tell you about what the inside of the gas chambers look like. She'll tell you what walking around, walking over dead people look like. She told you about. She could tell you about everything. The horrors that was it was now that was in our generation. Um, well, our time at least, our century. It was it's still. We still have it. So we connect to that. Um, then then we could connect. We realize why is that all happening? Because it's gullus, and perhaps it's also because we don't realize the gullus. So Hashem has to make it harder for us. It's to turn up the fire, and and the idea is no to feel the gullus. And perhaps we don't need that fire turned up. But in, um, I heard an amazing thing from Avashar Sinclair about the, the Holocaust, he says. I never knew this. But it's interesting how the Germans, they did everything so, they were so orderly, they were so meticulous. They, everything, everything had to be a well-oiled machine. Their whole, everything was a machine. But the problem was, to kill so many people and catalog, they wanted to catalog everything. They wanted to kill the people and they wanted to save all the uh, all the clothes, the jewelry, the shoes, even the spe- the glasses, the hair they saved. The hair they're going to find some some value for it. So how do they do that? They needed a computer. So IBM created uh, their first computer. It wasn't then. It was the same company. It's a German company. It was called. He says uh, the Heimag, the Heimag, whatever. It's in the German. That was the first uh, computer. It was um, it wasn't a TRS-80. What it was is a big computer. It was the first real computer we had here. It was a computer with punch um, cards, and the punch cards punch at different places. 
you were able to catalog things, and this computer took the whole the whole killing machine and and made it so orderly. And they knew every single person, what they had, how much, and they were able to count how many pairs of shoes they had, how many clothing, how many people were killed, every, every single thing. This is what they did. And the amazing thing was, is, is that the whole country of Germany did it. This is, this is their, everybody was in the war zone. Everyone was working in some way, some sort, killing the Jews. It was all part of it. And they were able to create the, the abnormal, the crazy into normal. Oh yeah, you have a computer, you have a business. Your business needs a computer. You got, you got to make sure everything's running, running okay and orderly and this and that. So it's catalog, order computers and the punch cards. And, and, and this was craziness, was, was normality. There was a, there was a, a famous person, uh, her name was Hannah Aret, who after the, the Eichenberg uh, trials, she coined a new phrase and it was called the, she wrote a book on it, the banality of evil. And which means is that means that how ordinary it's about how ordinary people become monsters, and that becomes the new norm. How is it possible that that, that is a new norm? The Eicha is written with the with the Aleph base. Why is it written with the Aleph base? So Yechinan said the Gemara. He says that just like the Jews didn't listen to the Torah that was written with the Aleph base, which thus created the world. The Medjur says that Hashem looked in the Torah. That the Torah is the blueprint of the world. So the Torah is is the ultimate normalcy, the ultimate truth, and you have to create a world with truth. And for many years, the world, even though there's Jews and there's non-Jews, but there's law, there's order. It, it, there's a certain amount of, of normalcy that has to exist in a world. Otherwise, we'd just be you know killing each other without without kingdoms. The Gemara says one person would swallow another person. So there is a certain orderly normality, and that that changed. So he says that because they didn't listen to the Torah, which was the blueprint of normality, it changed it, and now we were destroyed with the Aleph base, and the Aleph base became all mixed up, and it became a jumble of words, and that's terrible as it is. And that's more evil. And the Germans were, pra- were more evil th- th- than than cannibals. I was thinking about it because cannibals, at least, at least, they, yeah, they eat people, but at least they're hungry, you know. So they they want something to eat, right? They're they're eating them. <laughs> but the Germans, they, they just wanted them out. Their evil was much greater. They they weren't they didn't get anything out of it. Or the, the, not the clothes, big deal. That's not uh, you know the, they they were. And that was just everybody went, the whole world, at least the whole Germany, everyone in Germany knew about it. The whole country, millions and millions of people were, woke up in the morning, not, oh my gosh, we're destroying, we're gazing, we're killing people, we're, we're taking people that we don't like, okay? We don't like them. And we're, no, this was the normal. And the, the, this world got turned upside down. He says, because the terrorist says, because we shirked our responsibility. And and the truth of the matter is is that if you if you look look in history, in and, and not only not only by the Holocaust but definitely by the Holocaust as well, you saw that um, Shimshin actually says he says that um, it was Judaism was was really dying. He says that in his father-in-law came from a shtetl, a little town, and it was a big town, 
was not a little town, it was a very big town, it's somewhere in, in, uh, in Poland, and he said there was only two yeshiva boys in the whole town, and this is before the war, and there was two yeshiva guys in the whole town, and they were embarrassed to go out. They used to have to sneak out because everybody ridiculed them. They, they, uh, this is, yeah, this is the reality of really what it was like. And they ridiculed them. They threw things at them. When they came to the store, no matter when they came in, ridiculed, ridiculed yes. Uh, they came to the store, they were served last, regardless of when they came in. You know, they came in up to the line. Oh, no, no, somebody came in. Shiva boys, you wait. You know, I have important people here. That's how it was. He says, this is what, this is what the world was becoming. And this is, you know, was, was, was uh, you know, what happened was, and, and look at the difference. You know, Chas never happened, but look at the difference. Look how Torah is flourishing. Look how, look how you know, it's, 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 it's a beauty. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice thing to be. So this is a very, very important um, thing. And that's why, that's why um, we have to be very, very careful. One of the things that we have to do during the nine days, the three weeks, the Tisha B'Av, is to make a commitment. Even if we're not going to be learning, learning Torah, we know that we're not sitting a whole day. But be machsh of the Torah. If we can't learn, support the Torah. You know, or, everybody can learn. You can learn 15 minutes a day. There's, there's a Torah anytime. There's other such things. I'm not supposed to, you know, if I'm on Torah anytime, maybe I'm not supposed to... You know, but there are, there's many, there's uh, Kalush, and there's so many other different pla- platforms that you could find, even sitting in your car, sitting on a, sitting, you know, downloaded before a, a plane ride, for those that fly a lot, there's so many things that you can learn, that there's no excuse for any Balabas not to learn, to have, to have a Seder to learn. Uh, but even more so, to be Machshavit, and, that, and, and that's going to help bring back, bring back, because when you're Machshavit Torah, the world starts to become a better place, and uh, it becomes we're prepared for Mashiach to come. And there's a story, Napoleon Bonaparte actually saw Jews, he was traveling, and he saw Jews that were mourning, they were sitting on the floor, they were crying, and he said to them, why, why are you crying? What? They told him, uh, the Beis Megdash was burnt 1800 years ago, he says, 1800, and you're still crying? So he says, I guarantee you, that people who are crying for something that was so long ago destroyed, you're going to get it back. God's going to bring it back. This is Napoleon Bonaparte. He realized. Well, why did he realize it? Because to us, if something is so important to us, and we're reliving it and living it, then for sure Hashem is going to um, give us the, give give it back to us. Because that's another another form of prayer. Because it's it, it's really it's really an action. So that's when we mourn, we focus on what we are missing. And, and, what, and, and what caused it to be destroyed. And by doing that, that fixes things up. That we say, wait, oh, so we didn't do the Torah. Perhaps we got to be more careful about doing the Torah. And the same thing goes for when we're mourning for people. When we come to a mourning house and we're sitting, and it's true, it's, it's an amazing thing. You know, how, you know how they say, it's a joke, but they say, which means is, is that it's a... The parsha, but they say after everyone dies, kedushin. They're all kedushin. They all become. Oh, he was such a great person. He was such a tzaddik. What? Okay, but that's uh, this, is, this is for sure. So, 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 so. But the truth is, is that it's true, because when we're living with somebody, 
right? And we see, we get into a little argument, we, we have our little differences, and, uh, you know, we can't see the holiness when they're gone. We start, we sit down, and we say, oh, l- l- let's put away all the, the around. Let's, let's see what the person is, was really all about. And we sit, and the relatives come. It, it, nobody should have any, should ever, ever sit shiva, but if you ask the people that did sit, Shiva, they can tell you they have a totally new understanding of of their their loved one after the after the Shiva because people are coming in and they're talking and they're constantly and they're realizing that yeah they might have been differences there might have been things that they didn't like about the person things that didn't get along things that that were that the person was very wrong about but the essence of that person comes out and you see what the, the thread of that life of what that person is, by mourning that person and talking about them and digging inside and hearing stories and going over it, you see that person and you say, wow. And what's the idea? The idea is is that when we do that and we see, wow, what such a person, we help them live on. And that's why the Torah says you, it's a, it's a chiv to mourn, a chiv of shiva. Because by doing that, the person will emulate them and by emulating that loved one, they live on in this world. They, they really have chiyas. You're giving the dead person chiyas. They're, they're a part of him. And I, I, I'm going to end off with this, this uh, talking about amazing, amazing story um, that I heard, I think I heard from Nachman Seltzer, but just, I heard it a while ago, but uh, this, is, this is just, uh, you know, going on. And, and the, by the way, and that's the same thing with the churban, right? The churban, when we talk about and we think about what it was like. We talk about our, our elders of even even in Europe. We talk about how what kind of life I'm talking about the people who are B'nai Torah, people who are tzaddikim lived. It, we want to emulate them. We want to we want to live on. We want them to live on in us. And that's that's why it's so important to to, to mourn because if we just go on, we'll forget them. It's it's going to be gone. It's going to be like like the Jews assimilating and 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 just going into oblivion. So we have Baruch Hashem this ability every year to, to go and to dig into it, to see what we missed, to relive it and, 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 and move on. So the story goes as follows. The story goes that um, there was a, a certain man, regular, balabas, a man, but he used to have this thing to do with his family, is that he was very into, um, very into yard sites. Okay? So... Um, I'm into a little bit, but people are very into it. They'll know every single day what, what, what's yard site. So this fellow, um, this fellow knew every, every day. But not only, he went one step further. Not only did he know every day whose yard site it was, which Sadiq it was. It was, never said Tachni, right? But he, um, uh, but what he does is, right? In, oh, very good. He looked it up. I saw his, I was so moved about his phone. So David knows everything, but not... Not without sometimes you're at the rabbit of Google. Um, so so he um, so so what happened was so this fellow like they have by by Frankel's uh, show they have and they have a a big a big tray of, of candles every day in the in the, in the base medrash in the base Knesset, and they have a who you know list of who's today's yard set and you go for a quarter you put in the dollar you put in uh, in, in bigger chaylim you light. A candle. Whenever I'm there, I, I light. I, I try to. But anyway, that's that's nice. But but this is this is even even greater. What's even greater is what this fellow did. What he did was he um, what he did was he um, he went to his family at breakfast, and he said to them, 
Today's yard site is today's Rashi. Rashi. Yeah, today's Rashi. Can you imagine that? So he sat by breakfast and he said, "Today's." It's not, it's not shkia. It's not shkia. We have 20, 20 minutes today. You have an hour. So what he did was he said to his family um, today. Today is he said to his kids. He said to his kids. Today is Rashi's yard site. Maybe he said a little bit, a, a snippet about 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 him. He says, "Okay, guys, what are we going to do?" B'schus of, 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 of Rashi's yard site. Not not light a candle is nice. Have a lachayim is nice, but that's what are we really? That's not the essence. What are we really? What are we going to do? How are we going to be better? And and he went around the table, and a kid said, "Today I'm going to learn Amishnayis." Another kid says, "You know what? Uh, I'm I'm going to try to concentrate by uh, by the first bracha of of, of Shmaneser, and I go to Yish- I'm going to do that for, for Rashi. I, and 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 the the girl said, "I'm I'm going to share my snack today." The, Four-year-old, all around. She was four-year-old. So this lady that's telling the story, she says, I was four years old. But I used to remember these things. And, I, and every time I said something, I'm sure, my father was great, was so happy. And, and that was one of the things that he did. And we, all, we grew up that way. You know, that's, we did something nice for whoever the Zuchos Yogen Elena. So he says, um, you know, I got older, she got married, had children, Baruch Hashem. And uh, unfortunately, the fa- this father died. Her father died. She loved very much. He died, and she really, really missed him. She was very, very close. She missed him. She decided on herself what she's going to do is she's going to go, and she did this quietly on herself. You know, she remembered what her father did. She says, why can't I do that for my father? <coughs> Always. So when something like was maybe a little difficult for her, she goes, oh no, my kids messed up the whole room, and I got to go clean it up. She used to say, okay, uh, I'm going to clean the room with chus of my father. My father... He's not here. I'm, I'm going to do it for him. And I'm going to make this cake, you know, uh, I don't, it, it, she did, didn't feel, I'm going to do it, for, I'm going to do it, for, I'm going to make a Shabbos, light candles. She used to do that um, you know, a few times a week. You know, she used to say, oh, I'm doing this for my father, I'm doing this little thing. Okay? Then what happened was, a few months later, her, they're still in the first year, the, um, the sister this lady who's saying the story, her sister, her older sister, um, had a dream, and her father came, came to her in the dream, and he says, you know, Yontif's coming up, and I hear that you're not going for Yisker. So she says, yeah, oh yeah, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm mamish ot ot pregnant, I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost due, it's very, very, very hard for me, I'm schlepping, and things are, are, are very difficult for me, the shul is far, I, it's very hard for me to go. That's why I, I know Chasharam meaning because he says so. He said to her, Shayflev, you would know what it means that it means to me that so much that you could say Yisker for me, then I, it, then you would probably go even if it's very difficult. She says, okay, if it, sure, you, if it means so much to you, a hundred percent, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. I'm no problem. I, I didn't think whatever. I didn't realize it. Yes, he says, yes, it does. It means so much to me if, if you schlep yourself out and, and, and say the yisker, if you can do it. And he says, and you know, your sister sends me gifts, so little gifts all the time. It's very nice. It means so much to me. She woke up. True story. True story. She calls up the sister. She calls up. She says, Nechama. Nechama, what? what? This is the dream I had. I had real. I, I don't even know if it's true. Are you sent? 
like she wasn't even sure if it's true. She says, are you sending, she's something about you sending little gifts? You send all the time little gifts to Tati? What kind of gifts? It was quiet. Chama said she thought she was going to faint. She could not believe it. She, she told her what happened, those little gifts, Taka, are those things, nobody knew about it. There was no way that he could have known because she never told anyone. It was her own little secret. It was thing. She told her, remember what Tati used to do every morning by breakfast? She says, of course I remember. She says, I did that for him. She says, I didn't know if it was going to make a difference, but now I know that these little chosim, these little things make such a difference. This is, this is what we do. This is connecting. Connecting to, our, to the people that we're mourning for is, is it's so much more meaningful so much more powerful than just saying, yeah, they're a nice person, you know, well, well when you do bitsus and you emulate and you do the same thing, she took whatever the father did, she took it one step further and she started doing mitzvahs for her father, that's the idea, that is the correct way to mourn. We should all be zaycha to mourn the correct way and we should not be sitting this year on the floor, but we should be sitting and partying in Yushalayim when Mashiach comes and if not uh, this year, then because of the morning that we do, we should be zayichet to it next year. Thank you very much.